Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to uplevel my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 83. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Veronica Grant. Veronica is a love life coach, host of the Love Life Connection podcast, and creator of the Dating Mindset Bootcamp. She helps smart, ambitious women who feel like they have it all except for love find it. Welcome to the show, Veronica. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I've been on your show when I was publishing my book last year, and so it's um, exciting to now get to chat with you again. Awesome. Yeah. And I loved having you on my show. It's, it's one of the most downloaded episodes. People just really resonate with your story. Oh, that's so great to hear. <laughs> okay. So let's chat about, um, what do you think of the definition of alpha female kind of as it stands today that I sent over and how do you see yourself as an alpha female? Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. I, I, I don't think I was consciously doing it, but I think, you know, I used to reject the idea of like being female or being feminine um, because I saw it as being weak and passive and being kind of needy. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be like that. So instead of, you know, trying to reinvent, well, what is being female or being feminine mean to me? I was just like, well, I'm just going to reject um, you know, femininity. And so I just, and, and, and it, and it manifests itself in a lot of different ways, but I think the biggest way it manifested itself is just taking on this like very masculine presence. Like I was very much always wanting to be in control and like the doer and always needed to like be in the know of everything, which of course is like very helpful in some situations, especially like with running a business or at work. Um, but I didn't have, an off button. And so for me, I really love the idea of being an alpha female because I think it really does define what I was looking for. I just didn't know that I was looking for that. Like it's like I can embrace being feminine in my own way. It doesn't necessarily have to be girly, but I can still like have this, you know, like kind of this alpha persona. Like I don't have to apologize that I'm a little bit type A and I, I like to be in control sometimes. And then sometimes like now I can kind of just back off and just let things, um, flow easier. Um, and it just really helps me to like have this like balance between feminine and masculine almost. Oh, um, I don't know why, but like synchronicity is happening right now in my brain. (laughs) So I've been doing a lot of energy work right now with a, a practitioner and, um, 
I, she does a lot of reflexology. And the first time I sat on her table, she starts touching my feet. I don't introduce myself or anything. Like I don't even start talking and she's touching my feet. She's like, wow, your warrior side is really, really strong. Like I can feel quite a lot. And I don't know, do you, do you even have like feminine energy? Do you know about that? I was like, Oh dear. (laughs) She's like, I feel like you've been ignoring your feminine side. Uh, Is that resonating at all with you? And I was like, Hmm, fancy, fancy you say that. Um, and then I told her like, uh, uh, throughout the session that I've created this personal brand around being an alpha female and I'm so good at the do, do, do masculine energy mentality. And I'm just starting to like have conversations around feminine energy and the feminine space, because I don't actually think I know what that means. And, um, she said the exact same thing, uh, that you just said is she's like, do you see the feminine side as weak? And I was like, yeah, because <laughs> I've grown up in this like male go, go, go world. And especially being in corporate, like to have a voice at the boardroom table, I've developed a really strong personality. And it doesn't mean that I'm like, uh, I'm saying no to the feminine side. I just don't know how to honor it. Um, so that's super cool that this is <laughs> yeah. part of this yeah, conversation. It's, it's hard. And it's like a little bit of, you know, kind of guess and check and kind of exploring and you know I'm I'm not in corporate anymore but and and I probably I I guess for the most part I started exploring my feminine masculine once I was already running my own business um but I do find that leaning into my femininity has actually helped me a lot in business where we think like being being a business owner and CEO of your own business is all about masculine masculine but I find sometimes just letting things flow or um you know just allows things to happen, which sounds kind of like crazy and woo woo, but I really find that tends to happen more often than not, or it helps me to think more creatively and, you know, how can I, um, you know, share, um, a piece of content or share a message, you know, if I'm like in my very masculine space and I'm like sitting down to do a podcast or write a blog post, like it's, it feels like pulling out teeth. Um, but if I can lean more into the feminine, then things just start flowing. And so it's funny because sometimes I like will press publish on that. I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I just push press publish on that. That just kind of seemed kind of flowy and kind of just spilling my thoughts. And those always get the most response, whether they're my podcast or blog. So, so I think there really is a lot of benefit, even in the more quote unquote masculine space to bring in the feminine energy for sure. It's so true. Um, and same in a blogging sense when my posts are like super calculated and I'm trying to give value to the world, I see that like the readership isn't as high as when I'm, I'm just flowing. Like I wrote a blog I think it was called like, um, things that I'm afraid to tell you. And it's one of my most read posts and I actually didn't edit it. I just like put the things down on, um, on WordPress and press publish. And so, um, again, this is, this is very cool hearing this from someone else. Um, so let's get into how you're showing up into the world. Um, so what are you most passionate about right now? I think, you know, what I'm most passionate about you know, and I think it still has to do with what I help women around, which is relationships and love is just taking ownership and responsibility for their lives. Um, and that you really can, you you really, I really do believe you can create what you want, whether in life, love, business, um, if you just decide that you're going to do it and it's really just a decision, which is taking the responsibility and ownership. Um, and that's what I'm super passionate about. Like I just, you know, I, I get emails all the time from, 
women who follow me and they're like, well, I really love what you have to say, but I'm a single mom and I work a full-time job and my kids are young and like, blah, blah, blah. And, um, or like other people like, well, I just work crazy hours or I work, do this. And it's just like, you know, you, you really can take more responsibility you know, then, then you think like you could really can do more than you think. And it's not to say that like a single mom can't just completely ignore her kids and just decide she's going to run off and do whatever. I mean, obviously we go through different seasons of life, but I think for the most part, many of us are walking around thinking that like, we don't have, um, the ability or capability to create the things that we want in our life, whether it's more money or love or a new job or a new house or just a new city to live in. I, I'm just super passionate and empowering women to be like, yeah, you can. It's just a matter of like just figuring it out and breaking it down into teeny tiny steps. You know, I had a woman email me the other day and she was saying how she really want like her dream is to move to LA and to and to work there and just have the LA um, lifestyle. And she's like, but I just, I'm just nervous. Cause like the rent's so expensive. And right now where I live, it's so cheap. I don't think I can afford the rent. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm sure rent is more expensive than where you are. And which is like Midwest America, but you're on like step 20, <laughs> right? Like first you have to like apply to jobs and see what there and what you want to do, because maybe you'll get an awesome job that pays you enough to afford the rent in LA. Right. And so it's just, you know, all these like things people tell themselves, like why they can't do something. It's like, well, really like you can, like, like it's possible to figure just about anything out if you really want it. Yeah. It's the, it's the notion of letting your life be run by limiting beliefs and a lack mindset. And it's, um, it's hard when we've moved past a limiting belief because we've gone, we've gone past it. Um, so it's no longer a belief. So when we come up against someone with that same potentially limiting belief that we may have had, it's like, oh, it's so easy to move past it. Like you just need to get over this thought and you'll be fine. Um, but when we take a step back and we realize that usually our audiences or people that are, and I don't like how entrepreneurs or um, motivational speakers say that it's like somebody three steps behind, because that makes uh, that makes someone three steps ahead a little bit on a on a pedestal and we're all stumbling through life on different ways. So it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm three steps, um, forward on this path (laughs) instead of like ahead, like there's no levels here. I'm just three steps forward on this. And I've gone through this limiting belief or this lack mindset. And I know how powerful it is to move past it, but it's so hard to hear. Um, and as you were talking, it's like, there's so many times where I just want to turn to someone and be like, well, that's an excuse. Like, do you, you like, but that's too harsh for someone to hear. Um, and, uh, it, it's interesting when we hear it. Cause we're like, oh, that's like, that's just an excuse. You are holding yourself in that cycle or that mentality yourself. Like you can completely get out of it if you want to. Um, and I know even in the definition Um, so this is also an interesting time. So the definition of an alpha female that I've created for the longest time has said an alpha female puts herself first so that she can fill up her cup and then have more energy for her friends, family, and coworkers. I put that in there to please people. So I put that in there because, you know, single moms, um, were reaching out to me and being like, well, it's all nice and good that you're putting yourself first, but I need to spend time with my family. It's like, I get it, but you're not going to have enough energy for them if you don't take care of yourself. So I put that in there for them. And then I had Sarah Vermont on the show who wrote the book career gasm. And she's like, can we just stop? Like, can we just put ourselves first because we want to put ourselves first? And, and can we give ourselves that permission? I was like, 
oh yes, please. So like, um, I'm like the definition is evolving again. And I'm taking that, that part out about having more energy for friends, family, and coworkers. Like that's going to be a nice byproduct, but like, let's just put ourselves first to put ourselves first. Um, Another, another, um, thing to add to that is, you know, I'm not a parenting expert. I don't have kids, so I don't pretend to be, but what I do know is I've coached a lot of women through, you know, really toxic relationship patterns. And a lot of those toxic relationship patterns started from seeing their mother put everyone else first and like believing. And so they developed this belief that that's how you earn love. That's how you get into a relationship. And it's, I mean, it's how you get into a toxic relationship or an unhealthy relationship, but it's not how you get into a healthy relationship. And so they're actually having to unlearn this idea that everyone else goes first and that the ultimate job of a mom is to be, you know, the ultimate sacrificer or or self-sacrificer or whatever, which is like totally not true. And now they're having to do all this work to, to relearn like what it is to be a mom or what it, how, how to put yourself first and how that actually benefits your, your um, relationships. So I just wanted to throw that one out there too. Mm, That's cool. Okay. So let's um, get in how you structure your day. What does work-life harmony look like for you right now? Hmm. Let's see, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> but that's the thing is that it like it's a it's always going to be evolving, and as we set priorities in our life, um, it's consistently changing, and it we're not it's not striving for perfection, right? So actually, I, I say that jokingly, but honestly, the past well, honestly, the past probably six weeks, I felt like I've hardly worked because I took two weeks off to go to Europe with my then fiance. And then I took two weeks off to get married. So in the past six weeks, I probably worked about two weeks. Um, so that's what it looks like. Hold on. Pause. Congratulations. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's super, super exciting. Um, but now we're, now I'm just getting back into, this is my first week back like normal life. Um, so for me, the most important thing is um, having a like morning time for me. So usually that involves, well, it always involves meditation at least for 10 or 15 minutes. And then it can be a combination of reading a, um, really good book, whether it's like fiction or nonfiction, not really, you know, concerned, just quiet time by myself. It might be journaling. It might be like, um, doing some, you know, if I'm, I'm often taking some sort of like self-development course, I might be like working on that a little bit. Cause it's a really good time for me to reflect. Um, I might also be where I, I do EFT, like the tapping. So I might do some of that then, but it has to be at least like 30 to 45 minutes. And, um, for those of you listening who are saying, I already get up really early. I used to have clients at, um, private yoga clients at six 30 in the morning. And I would wake up, you know, still early enough to where I could have this 30 to 45 minutes because that just set the tone for my day. If I didn't have that time, then I just felt like I was chasing the day and like nothing was going right. And I was just all over the place and I was scattered and I wasn't showing up for my clients and I wasn't able to get work done or anything like that. So for me, like that's, that's number one. Like if I don't do anything else the rest of the day, like I have to have this morning time, 30 to 45 minutes to myself. Um, and, and I'm then in finding, addition to that, I'm finding oh, that um, the 10 minute meditation, like I, I, you hear people talking about like, oh, I'm at 30 minutes, I'm at an hour of meditation. Um, and then they go back and they say, well, like start slow. I'm saying that like, it's not about like starting slow, it's finding, finding that perfect time for you. So if 10 minutes works for you, and you never 
go longer, then that's not about like being in like the baby steps. It's just finding what works for you. Right. Exactly. And even though like I'm taking this 30 to 45 minutes, I'm only meditating for about 10 of them. Like the other, the other 20 to um, you know, 25 minutes or 35 minutes is, um, reading or just writing out my thoughts or, you know, doing, so doing some journaling, it might be some stretching. If I'm just feeling like really tight in the body. Um, sometimes honestly, it's just staring out the window while I sip my matcha tea. Like it doesn't have to be like super crazy. It doesn't have to be like, you know, chanting next to my crystals or anything crazy. It's just whatever, just makes you feel just grounded and centered to start your day. And so, you know, when I'm supporting clients and developing a morning routine, I just, it can be whatever you want, as long as it's like, you know, an inward focus. So, you know, watching Netflix, you know, it's nice, but probably not the right time or the right activity for this time, at least for me. Um, it's just, it can just be whatever it needs to be for me, but just 30 to 45 minutes where I just have some quiet time. Um, and luckily my, my, my now husband, um, gets to work really early. So I have this time, but even like on the weekends or if he stays at home one day, cause he's working from home, I'll close the bedroom door. I'm like, you're not allowed to come in for the next 30 to 45 minutes. Like I just, I need, the, I need this time. And, um, it, it makes, it just makes all the difference in the world. Um, and then in addition, in addition to that, yeah. In addition to that is having a lunch break is super important. I used to be the type where I would eat my lunch while I was working. Um, and maybe it just took getting a new iMac or whatever those big computers from Apple are called. Just like, oh, I don't want to get my keyboard all messed up with like food and crumbs. And junk. Maybe it was just that. I don't know what it is, but, but I will always step away for lunch. And even if it's like five minutes, like that's obviously the bare minimum for me. Um, but in an ideal world, I take about um, an hour, hour and a half for lunch so I can work out first and then, and then eat. And that's really my main workout time. Yeah. Um, we've had some important conversations on the show about how we eat in such a stressed state. So even if we're not actually physically, um, or emotionally stressed at that moment, just the, the act of like shoving food in our face because we need to get to the next task or the next meeting can have such a, uh, a negative effect on our digestion um, that is manifesting in different ways and that you don't always see the results, but having a calmer eating schedule, uh, you'll definitely see amazing results in not only digestion, but even just um, like weight management. Right. And I also find that when I'm eating and trying to work at the same time, I'm not actually being productive. And so then I feel frustrated because I feel like I'm wasting my time and not getting anything done. And it would have been just much more efficient for me to take five minutes or 10 minutes and eat my lunch and then go back. Cause I'm not going to be frustrated that I felt like I just wasted my time. Cause I'm not just like, there's nothing like my biggest pet peeve is just like, being at my computer, feeling that I have all this work to do, but I, for some reason, can't get anything done. And that always happens when I'm trying to eat and work. So, and then I just get frustrated and then like nothing gets done the rest of the day. So I find it actually more efficient for me to step away for lunch. Mm, that's awesome. Okay. So share with our listeners, um, like you've obviously gone into business for yourself as you've alluded to, but when was there ever a time when things felt out of whack where you were like, enough is enough. I need to take better care of myself. Um, I think there was probably two main times, but I will say the first time was before I actually quit my job and I was getting ready to quit my job and to do this business. And I mean, that was crazy pants. I was 
teaching yoga. I was working a full-time job and I was trying to start um, this business. So I was just like, it was just like crazy. And so for me, like, I don't want to say that was like the worst time. I think the other the time when I did start my business was the worst. I'll tell you. And the reason why that I don't think this was that bad is because for me, it was like a season of my life. Like I knew that there was an end point and I knew that this was just a season. It wasn't forever. And that and I think that was okay. And that's, you know, something that I try to teach my clients. Like sometimes we just go through seasons of our life where we have to just accept that something's busy right now, something's less busy right now, and then it'll change, you know, at a certain point. Um, but right when I started my business, like I honestly had no clue what I was doing. I had, um, I had one client and just, and, and just no clue. I mean, just, I can't emphasize how much of a clue I didn't have. And so, um, I was just working constantly and I was just chasing the silver bullet. I was like tinkering on my website for hours thinking that this was going to be, you know, the thing I needed to do. I was like reading every single blog post and doing every single freebie thing that I could get my hands on from all these like business coaches and Facebook ad people thinking that every, I just need to have all these things in line, um, rather than just being more focused with what I needed to do to just a make money and then focus on other things. And so what was really bad about it was I would, I was skipping my morning routine. I would probably start around 7am and I really wouldn't stop to even to eat, to work out. I would be starving by the middle of the day, but nothing, we didn't have anything cooked in the house. So I would just be eating crap or I'd go out to get crap. And, um, the way Stevie and I had divvied out our responsibilities was I was responsible for cooking meals during the week. And so he'd get home at six o'clock at night. I'd have nothing cooked. I would have nothing in the refrigerator. I'm like, uh, like I don't have anything for you. And it was just, and it's like one thing if it happens like every once in a while or if I'm like, hey, this is a busy season. I need you to like take some pick up some of my slack. It was just um, it was just like every single day. And it was like really, really rough on our relationship until like I finally just realized that like this is not why I quit my job to be a slave to my business that wasn't even making money because I wasn't even focusing on the right things. Um, and so I just I that was when I actually, I hired my coach and my first coach and got super clear on what I needed to do to make money and started creating a schedule to myself. And I held myself accountable. Like I put it in my calendar, like when I was literally going to stop working, when I was going to take lunch, when I was going to cook food. Um, and not only did my business start to grow then, but my relationship with, um, Stevie just skyrocketed from there. It just got so much better. Cause we weren't always, he wasn't always pissed off at me. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and one, it's nice to hear that a coach has a coach. We all need it. We all need accountability. We all need a, like a, a different perspective because we get into the weeds, right? And um, I love that time blocking has been so important in your life. That's a theme definitely on the show that so many alpha females need in their life so that they they stick to it because otherwise we can, you know, we've got so many dreams and goals. We're like, Oh, I'll just, I'll work on this now, or let me try this. And then, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like I had to work from home, um, yesterday cause we had contractors in the house. So I was like, yes, this is perfect. But then like, I'm still time blocking and I'm like, I'll do the normal nine to five of my full-time gig, but like five to 9am was side hustle stuff. And then five to 9pm was side hustle stuff. And I was like, 
oh, okay, so maybe I need to go brush my teeth now. And like, like, so I can understand that when someone is transitioning into the entrepreneurial world, it's so exciting to have all of this, you know, freedom to build a schedule. And then you're, you just keep adding on and adding on and then something, something breaks and you're like, okay, let me go back to basics. Let me fix this. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So how do you nourish yourself right now? That's a really good question. I, I think, you know, well, well, I think I can answer obviously in food wise or non-food wise, but non-food wise for me, what I've been really nourishing myself with is taking, um, (laughs) taking, uh, breaks and doing things that just feel totally, um, totally like, I can't think of a better word other than like naughty, but not in a sexual way. Like, like, okay. The other, like the other day I didn't feel like working. And so it was like 10 in the morning and I watched the, um, recording of the bachelorette, right. (laughs) Which just like feels so wrong to me on like every single level. It's like, Oh my God, it's like 10 AM on a Monday. I should be working. And I'm watching not only my like watching TV, but it's like the bachelorette, which is like ultimate guilty pleasure. Like, like television. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago before we left to get married, um, I took my dog on a hike, just like on a random Tuesday afternoon, or I can't remember exactly what day it was, but it was just like a regular afternoon when I quote unquote should have been working. And it feels like I almost get like this rush or like this thrill. Cause it just feels so like wrong. I'm playing hooky from work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, uh. but but it's so, it's so nourishing. Cause it's like, first of all, it's a reminder that I can. And also it's just like, Oh yeah, I don't have to work all the time. Like I don't have to like work nine to five or, I mean, honestly being an entrepreneur, like I've never working nine to five. It was usually more anyways, but like just being able to like back my hours off a little bit, um, was just crazy. It was just a crazy idea for me, but I just felt so alive and nourished when I did that. Um, when I do those things, because it's like, Oh yeah, this is why like I did this. This is why I like I quit my job and why I became an entrepreneur. Um, That's got to be more universal for entrepreneurs. Like there's got to be that same kind of sentiment, especially like me. And I don't know how long it takes for some, but after leaving a corporate job, like of of having those rules and feeling like, oh my gosh, from the hours of this to this, I need to be doing this because I like if I don't have those rules for myself, I'm going to you know be in my pajamas eating ice cream all day in front of the television. Um, but like knowing that you have freedom to schedule your day and putting these things into your day that completely fill you up. I wonder if the, if the corporate world will actually ever get to this point. And I, uh, I, I have these like kind of intuitive feelings that eventually it will, where it's like allowing people these like health hours and let them schedule it into their day if they're being productive. But like, if they want to go for a hike in the middle of the day with their puppy, because that fills them up, they're going to be so much more productive, um, and a happy employee. So I have a feeling the corporate world is eventually going to get there because the entrepreneurial world is already there. Yeah, I think it is. And I, and I've, and I've heard some companies, you know, being like that, I'm listening to this podcast now called how I built this, which I highly recommend. And they interview like all of these founders of, you know, these big, big companies. And one of the companies they interviewed was the founder of Patagonia. And for, 
I mean, first of all, if you're looking for a job, apply to Patagonia because it sounds amazing to work there. Um, but one of the things that he, the founder talked about was like, he doesn't care when his employees work, like as long as they have tasks that need to do, they have a job they need to do. And other than that, like he doesn't care when they work, if they want to work at three in the morning, then like, so be it. Obviously if they have meetings, they need to show up at those times. But like, I'm just like, yes, like, like where did nine to five even come from? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, just, it doesn't it, like when you think about like time's all made up and then so is nine to five. Like, so it's all made up. And like, now it's like this like ingrained thing where I've been out of the corporate world for almost three years now. And I still feel this pinch of guilt when I'm, you know, hiking my dog on a Tuesday afternoon. Like, it's just crazy how ingrained it is. Yeah. Oh, societal rules for ourselves. They're so hard to break sometimes if you, you know, you've had this like subconscious drilling into you that this is the way that life needs to be. Um, uh, okay. So let's get into, um, other than hiking, what, uh, what do you do on the, on a weekly basis for fitness? Um, that's a good, that's a good question. So I, I, my goal, my ultimate goal is run one day yoga the next day. And then I just alternate and Ooh, I just, okay. and I just, I go, go with that. Um, but lately I've been really obsessed with this app called Aptive. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's amazing. It has like all of these audio workouts. So, um, like, like running workouts or walking or elliptical or strength training or abs or stretching or yoga, I just everything. And so there's, it's just like really fun to do those. And so lately I've been doing more running and strength training just cause like those doing those, um, workouts are super fun and they're hard. And I just feel like, er, when I, um, when I do them and also I've become such a better runner cause I used to just like run for like 30 minutes and then call it a day. But this, like, there's like different kinds of running workouts. And so like, it's like sprinting or tempo run or jogging or just regular running. And then so like my time and my pace has gotten really good. So it's just super fun to, to do that. So I've been actually doing that a lot more than the yoga, but every time I go to yoga, I'm like, oh, I need to do this more often. So I'd say I probably do yoga once or twice a week now. And then I'm either running or doing a combo of running and strength training with this app, which I'm not even, they're not even a sponsor for me or my podcast, but like, I can't recommend them enough. <laughs> yeah. Can you spell it out? So everyone yeah, knows. It's, it's, um, a P P T I V E. And it's like, I think it's, um, is it $40? A A P T I V? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. Okay. A-A-P-T-I-V. IV. I feel like everyone and their mother has like a, um, a code right now for like a free 30 day service. Like they're doing really well with their influencer oh, yeah, marketing. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been hearing them increasingly on different podcasts, um, as sponsors. So I'm sure if you Google it, um, I actually use the sponsor too. My sponsor was from this podcast called marriage is funny. Um, I'm sure they still have it as well. Cause I think they're still a sponsor, but, um, so I think it was like $40 for the year. Maybe it wasn't even that much, but it's like, it's just worth every penny. I love it so much. And it records like how long, how many workouts you've done. Like I've ran like 20 hours in the past, however many months, like, so it just tracks everything and it's, it just keeps things interesting and fun. So it never gets boring or, or flat. I just love it. Super fun. Obviously I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> Okay. So after you have done an entire nine to five day of entrepreneurial work and all of the other stuff, um, what are some of your habits for winding down at night and reducing any stress from the day? Um, so this is, this is like an area of my life where 
I'd like to get better to be, to be totally honest. Like, so right now, Stevie and I, um, will, if we're not going out to do something or, um, something like that, then we'll usually watch like something on Netflix. So we do use Netflix to wind down. Um, I've been a little bit more mindful of trying to watch more like documentary style things. So we're not just like watching like silly TV shows. Um, so like we've been watching National Geographic and Chef's Table and behind the scenes National Geographic, um, just to kind of like wind down, um, just cuddle a little bit. We talk a little bit, um, and then we go to bed and I'll um, read for about 15, 20 minutes. And I put some lavender essential oil in my diffuser and I let that go. And then um, and then I go to bed. Um, sometimes I'll do like a meditation um, to help um, for sleep. Um, just, um, you know, just if I think of it or if I feel like I don't necessarily do it every night, like I do my morning meditation. Um, but Aptiv has nighttime meditations. Um, and also I use Headspace, which has a sleep meditation. Um, so I'll use that. It is definitely different than what it used to be when I was single, or at least before I was living with, with Stevie. Um, cause I think one of the reasons why my morning routine is like, so like clockwork and spot on is because I have the place, like our, our home to myself and I can just do like whatever, but then it's like him. It's like, okay, like, is he going to get annoyed by my meditation if it's playing or it's like, I can't, it, it's just, I don't know. It's just harder to like sit and do like a routine. Like I, um, like I used to do. And I like to go to bed together. Like I don't like to go to bed at different times, like him go to sleep first. And then me, like sometimes we do, if just one of us is exhausted, need to go to bed earlier. So I do like the routine of going to bed together. And we tend to generally, um, do that. And then I just read for a few extra minutes and then turn my diffuser on. And that seems to work pretty well. Nice. Yeah. Mike and I are the same. Like sometimes we'll be like, do you want white noise tonight or do you want a meditation? And thankfully he likes, um, headspace and there's an, there's another one we've started listening to. Um, and then we're usually, uh, we usually do like a gratitude practice together and then put some oh, white, nice. white noise on. Yeah. So it's nice to have a routine with your partner, but then, uh, then on nights where like he's got a late hockey game or whatnot, I'm just like, yes, I can put on my like really cheesy meditations. <laughs> yeah. 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 CB plays basketball on Monday nights. And so Monday nights is like, it's like my, my date night with myself. I just do, I pull out all the stops and, you know, have like the ultimate nighttime routine. Um, and then by the time I'm about in bed, he's usually home by then. And, you know, so he needs to shower. Then we're still going to bed at the same time, but at least I've had my routine already done. Cool. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and what's your favorite nighttime essential oil? I just use lavender. I, I don't know if I've ever used anything else at night. Not that I can. Sometimes peppermint, if I'm like congested, I'll put some peppermint in there. Uh, interesting. Yeah. No, it's like, Lavender is such a go-to, and I use doTERRA's Serenity Blend, which is a mix and has lavender in it. But, like, um, sometimes when Mike's in charge of the diffuser, he'll put, like, the most random scents together. Like, he loves doing his own blends. And I'm like, what? A can we go back to lavender tonight? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, okay. I always ask my alpha females, what's like a pain point that you're trying to solve? And it has to do with being an alpha female. So whether it's, you know, how we're perceived in the world or taking on too much, being an A-type OCD personality. So maybe what's one of yours that you want to share with our listeners? Um, I think it's just being perceived as um, 
being selfish. You know, I do think I've been told that I'm selfish or a little bitchy because people aren't used to being told no, right? Because it's just not really, um, you know, it's just, it's not really like highly regarded to say no. Like it's like you're a yes person, but other people first, like that's just like how you're supposed to be, whether you're a mom or a wife or whatever, it's just like put other people first. And so saying no, um, can really put people off. And that's been, that's been hard. Like it's especially dealing with, um, my new in-laws and like, they're just not used to hearing no. And I say, no, it's just, it can be, um, cause I think they have a little bit more traditional gender roles and their, in their marriage and they're, um, they're very religious Jews or Orthodox Jews. And so there's just very, just very like, um, defined gender roles. And when a woman just is like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Um, just kind of rubs people the wrong way, but it's okay. It's what it is. Yeah. Interesting. And it's hard too, because with family, like you always want to say yes, but if it's not serving you and what your priorities are, um, like we've set priorities in our life and that goes for everyone. So when you tell somebody like, no, and you don't explain it, that's really hard for some people. I had a guest come on, Rachel Adams, who talked about the, and I've, I keep talking about it on a lot of shows, the, um, the clean no versus a dirty yes. So when you like say yes, but you don't really mean it and then like have to make excuses later, it just doesn't feel good. But when you say, when you say the clean no and you don't explain, you're like, I'm sorry, I have an appointment at that time. That, that word appointment, no one needs to know what that appointment is, even if it's like, I, I really need an Epsom salt bath tonight. <laughs> so I'm not going to say yes to a family dinner because I haven't had time to, to myself in a while. Um, and that's everything. Now it's easier said than done always like putting it into practice is some people can probably like flip a switch and figure out how to do it with no problem. And then others are going to be like, uh, it's going to take me a while to get this into practice. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard, but I, I find that even with family, um, you know, saying, saying no, or just clearly stating what your boundaries are, what's okay, what's not okay. Um, I found that it kind of, it does put people off for, at first, but then, um, I find that over time they begin to develop more respect and then they kind of only ask you to do things like when it's something that's like really important. They're not just always like crossing boundaries because that's what they're used to, or that's because they feel like doing right. Like, it's like, okay, well let's just, you know, like I'm only going to ask Veronica about the important things or the things that really need to happen. And then it's just a better relationship overall, I think. Mm, Yeah, no, it's so true. And the more that we stay true to our priorities, it also gives people permission to do it from themselves. Um, so I like, I like seeing that in others. Cool. So this comes to the end of the show and my absolute favorite question. So tell everyone, what is your definition of happiness? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I do with my with my clients in our first session is, you know, how do you want to feel in your ideal relationship? And they'll often say like happy. And, and the thing is, is that I think happy happiness and even love too. I think happiness and love go in the same category. Um, are they're, they're really of just like a, a, a comp- um, compilation of like how you want to feel. So I think you'll feel happy when you feel ultimately how you want to feel. So if you want to feel, um, relaxed and you want to feel like feminine and you want to feel, um, you know, nourished or abundant. then like, when you feel those things, like you're going to be happy. It's almost like to me, like 
happiness isn't that so much an emotion or a feeling, but it's more of like a state of being. Um, and so it's like, you know, and, and same with love too. And, and so you have to get to how you want to feel. Um, you know, I know Danielle Laporte's all about that too. Um, but just getting to how you want to feel. And when you can feel those ways, whether in your relationship or your life or your job or whatever area of your life you're looking at, then you'll feel happiness or be happy. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you so much for taking time with us today and sharing all of your gold nuggets of wisdom. Thank you. This was so much fun. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.